The subject of our sermon is the wise men as they pursue Jesus by following the star. This message is especially appropriate for the epiphany season, for the beginning of a new year. So I'd like to challenge you spiritually as we look at this passage of scripture and ask each of you to keep your eyes on Jesus. Because even today, wise men keep their eyes on Jesus. So please take out the sermon notes that have been prepared for you. So what do you want to do for Jesus? Sadly, too many of us don't write down any goals that we set for our lives. Or even what we want to do for Jesus this new year. Interestingly enough, I read in a survey in your notes. Number one. Only 3% of people today who have a goal actually reach their goal. 3%. Number two in your notes, 95%. 95% of those people who achieve their goals write them down. On the basis of this survey, I think you can see the importance of writing down your goals as you attempt to achieve them. 95% of the people who reach their goals They do write them down. See, if you don't know where you're going, you never know if you get there. So we begin by looking at three things to do to achieve your spiritual goals. This message is really very practical, yet a very powerful message for our daily lives. So number one in your notes, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you must first decide what you want. The first step in achieving any goal in your life is to decide what you want. Number two, and you notice the second thing then, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, to decide how to get it. It's one thing to know what you want. It's something entirely different to know how to get what you want. And our most crucial step is really next one. Because even when you know what you want, and you know how to get it, It doesn't necessarily mean that you will. So number three in your notes. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you must have the discipline to follow through. You must have the discipline to arrive at that goal. And all three, the wise men demonstrated in the Epiphany story. Three steps to achieving their goal. Recently I read an article that said that out of a hundred people... 23 of these people do not know even what they want. Out of 100 people, pick that random, if they were asked what they want in life, 23 of them would say they really don't know what they want. Then that leaves 77 people who do know. And out of these 77 people, 67 of them do not know how to get it. Now that leaves only 10 left. Ten people out of a hundred know what they want and they know how to get it. But eight out of those ten remaining, they're unwilling to pay the price. That is to discipline themselves to achieve their goal. That leaves now only two percent. Two out of uh, actually original 100 people that will reach their goal. And what impresses me about this story of the wise men 
They had a goal. They knew what they wanted. And they knew how to get it. And basically, it was just to follow that star. They persistently and consistently worked on it until they finally arrived at their destination to find Jesus. See, they had discipline. So today, wise men still seek Jesus. They keep their eyes on Jesus. So this morning, we want to pick up five lessons. Five lessons to learn about the wise men. Number one in your notes. The wise men knew what they wanted. They knew what they wanted. How did they know what they wanted? The beautiful story of Christmas tells us. Tells us that God knows how to communicate with us. Look at Matthew 2, verse 1 to 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, magi, that were wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose. We have come to worship him. See, God knows how to communicate with us. So when you notice God communicates in our language, God starts where we are. God takes where we are at in order to communicate with us. These magi, these wise men, were Chaldeans. They were actually stargazers. Hey, they knew the heavens. They knew the stars. In the heavens there appeared a star that was unlike that which they had ever seen before. It just did not fit in the general plan. Because they understood the heavens, because they made a study of them, and because there were certain exiles from Palestine, the Jews, who had told them about a star of Judah, a star of Judah that would one day appear when the promised Messiah would be born. So these wise men realized that star which they saw was actually the sign of the Christ child born to be king of the Jews. So they pursue that star in order to find out more about that king. The message of Epiphany, God communicates in your language the good news of Jesus. See, for those magi, God put that star in the heavens in order to communicate with them. You know, for the shepherds, God put angels in the heavens to communicate. Now, you might wonder why angels. You must understand that shepherds were very close to angelology. In fact, there was a saying among the shepherds as they went out each night, may you see the fluttering of angel wings. So how did God speak to the shepherds about the coming of the Christ child? It was through those angels. How does God speak to the Magi? It was through a star. See, God has the ability to communicate through the language that we understand. And at Christmas, God gave his own son, came in human flesh. John writes, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So in your notes, the Stanford, Stanford research tells us, number one, 89% of what we know today, we learn visually. 89% of what we know, we learn through our eyes. Number two, in your notes, 10% of what we know, we learn audibly. That's through our ears. And then number three in your notes, 
1% of what we know we learn through other senses. So what does God do to communicate with us? God communicates with us at Christmas time in the way that we are going to know the most about God. God, not just by being creator God in the heavens far above the earth, a God whose ways and thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and not just by sending mail into our mailboxes so we can read about him, but at Christmas time, God comes to us and communicates with us in the flesh so that we can see and feel and walk with a person, a true man, God in the flesh. So God communicates in your notes in our language. But God also communicates in different languages. God comes to us as individuals, for example. God comes to people as they hear the message, perhaps a sermon about Jesus. God comes to people through music, maybe a Christian hymn or a concert that you have heard. God comes to people through other people who share a personal message of comfort from the gospel. God comes to people through the prayers of family and loved ones. That's the way these people came to know God. God comes to people through the radio and through television programs. God comes to people through a book that they have read or a track, an article in a magazine they must have read. God comes to people with are also a horrible experience and they finally say they must change their life. They must turn to God for a change. It's the result of really a rough experience. This is interesting because, you see, the Christmas story is really God's ability to communicate to us on the level that we are living. So God communicates to us in different languages. God knows where we are. God knows the entrance point into our hearts. God knows how to meet us at the place of our needs and to walk into our lives and to encourage each of us. See, if you have loved ones who are no longer active in church, if you have friends who do not know Jesus, keep sharing, keep praying. And God has the ability to meet us, whether it's a star in the sky for the wise men, or angels in the heavens for the shepherds. God will communicate us with us, that he loved us, He loved the world so that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. See, sometimes people have said that that 11 o'clock service on Sunday morning here do not meet their personal needs. In fact, they just plain don't like it. That's okay, because it's not designed to meet the needs of those who have been longtime members who had their needs already met in the more traditional styles. The 11 o'clock services are for other people to whom God also wants to communicate his love and invite into his fellowship. We need to build that bridge so that we can relate in more a contemporary way to where these people who are not lifelong Lutherans, people who do not know God at all, or at least not very well, but who are desperately in need of God, And that was the original purpose of the bridge service in the gymnasium a few years ago. We needed that bridge because God today communicates. Communicates individually. He will speak our language. So we must be careful not to bottle or package God so much to meet our own needs that the unsaved out in the world cannot find him. 
See, the black African Christian church today has packaged their worship experience in such a way that they are now sending missionaries from Africa to the United States and to our inner cities to more effectively share Jesus, to share Jesus with unchurched people. See, the Christmas story is that God left heaven to come to this earth. God left the riches of heaven to become poor for our sakes, to come to earth with his eternal and his forgiving love, to communicate the good news of the gospel. So in your notes number two, the second lesson to learn from the wise men is the wise men paid the price. Yes, the wise men paid the price of traveling through hostile territories, across deserts, until they came to Jerusalem. So on the back of your notes, look at Matthew 2, verses 7 and 8. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. See, the people already there didn't even know this. The wise men, in order to find Jesus, knew. They knew what they wanted, but they had to pay the price. And then number three, the third lesson to learn from the wise men. In your notes, the wise men would not give up. They just would not give up. Look at Matthew 2, verse 9. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. They went on their way, and the star had the seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Circle that phrase in that verse, they went on their way. See, in your notes, the wise men moved. And as the wise men moved, then the star went ahead of them. But it was only as they went on their way that the star went before them. In other words, when we stop pursuing Jesus, we will have no further light to find him. When we stop studying the word, we stop growing in our knowledge of Jesus. And we have no place for Jesus to shine his light on us. As we walk in the light, as Jesus is in the light, as we continue to walk in that light, the light of Jesus stays always before us. But the light stops when we stop, when we give up. So the wise men understood that. And the star went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Then number four, the fourth lesson to learn from the wise men. In your notes, the wise men were experiencing joy in finding Jesus. Look at Matthew 2, verse 10. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. See, the wise men were experiencing joy. And during the many Christmas programs and worship services, there's been a lot of joy to be found. In the many readings of the gospel account of Christmas, and the many songs about the Christ child, children and youth and adults were overjoyed in finding and celebrating the real reason for the season. So in your notes, Jesus is the reason for the season. A baby born in a manger in Bethlehem. Number five, the fifth lesson, to learn from the wise men. And this is our closing thought. In your notes, the wise men made the most of it. 
at once reaching their goal, then they made the most of it. Look at Matthew 2, verse 11. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures, presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. See, the wise men did two things there. Two things that we also can do. Number one, the wise men gave themselves to Jesus in worship. Did you see that? They bowed down. They worshipped the Christ child. They first gave themselves to Jesus. Then number two, secondly, the wise men gave their treasures for Jesus to use. And that's exactly how it works for us today. God wants us first, and then, and then only, God will get the best that we have to offer to Jesus. So may the wise men, this epiphany, may this new year help each of us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. There's a resolution that's so fitting, whether it's for 2019 or whether it be for 3019. May your resolution for the new year be nothing but seeking Christ. Please read with me Paul's resolution in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2, where Paul writes, together out loud, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen.